Hello sacred souls and welcome to My Sacred Return, the podcast. I'm Liz and I created this space to help you connect with experiences that let you know you're understood. Whether you're struggling to juggle the weights of the world, feel like childhood wounds are still holding you back, or just want a peek into the life of someone doing the work, I'm pretty sure that I have something for you here. So let's talk. Hello Sacred Souls and welcome back to another episode of My Sacred Return, the podcast. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Liz and if you're joining me again, thank you so much. Now, last week I told you that I had a special guest joining me this week and now she's here. I have my friend Kimberly, but loads of you will know her from Instagram as Slay with Slice. She is a Vedic astrologer, but she is also a spiritual content creator. She talks about the divine feminine. She reclaimed her feminine journey in front of all of us and inspires women all over the world to do the same. So, hey Kim. Hi. You okay? Yes, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm really going for like a rebirth at the moment. That's perfect because we're going to be talking about the old narratives showing up and I feel like you're the perfect person to speak about with that because when you speak about your journey you're very open and honest about things that you learn and like when things show up so I thought if there's anyone to talk about this with it's you. Yay, thank you. (laughs) So I just described you from like my perspective but what would you say, would you say that thing, what would you say like where you are in your journey now? Um, if anything, an empty vessel. An empty vessel, I like that. Could you expand? Yeah, I'm an empty vessel because I think I'm done with boxes and definitions and just more in just living in my essence and that essence can change. It shifts every day and just learning to be a free flow of that. So I think an empty vessel... I don't really like to define myself anymore because when I try to define myself, I feel really blocked. I yeah. feel really stuck in that one kind of image or persona and yeah. I like to expand and be expansive. Oh, so, an empty vessel. I love that. I think that's very fitting for you. You do have a very free spirit anyway. Yeah. And you deserve to be contained into any box. So in terms of then old narratives... What was your old narrative? Like, we all have this old image of ourselves that is not us. And then when we come to the journey, we're like, wait, hold on, who am I? So what was the old story you were telling yourself? So I think I'm still learning to purge this old narrative because what you don't realise is when you step on the journey, you go, yay, I'm this and I'm that and I'm great. And, And then throughout the journey, the old stuff comes up through life and there's still I know I really do feel like I'm coming towards the end wherever the end is because ultimately that the end could be 10 years from now but from my upbringing and my, where I've come from and family dynamics and things that you know with wounds of being in care and being abandoned or felt abandoned by family and things like that it was always a narrative of I'm not lovable and nobody wants me nobody loves me so whenever like core wounds would be triggered my narrative that inner narrative that would be going on is look here's a 
another person to kind of tell me the same story that I've believed for so many years and but also unconsciously seeking out that narrative and understanding where I seek it and where I need that kind of redefining within me it's kind of like re-traumatizing yourself and over and over and over again and I think now I've just actually witnessed it I've cut to the point where I fully witnessed my patterns my narrative and I'm like but that's not how I feel anymore. Yes. It's like, I I don't live that life anymore. So I can stand bear, I can bear witness to it. It's like, it's like the old self living parallel with the new self. And as the new self, you witness the old self. So it, it's not like you're living the experience. You're just witnessing the experience. That's where I feel I'm at now. I resonate with that because it does feel very out of body and you're able to look at everything. And I'm like, do you know the film Soul? Like, I'm like looking at old me, looking at new me, and I'm sort of in the middle, like, which one am I going to wear today? And in some situations, I do find myself wearing the old narrative for like easy comfort. And I'm like, oh. Because that's what you know. That's what you like inherently understand you inherently understand those same patterns the same outcomes and you can become so comfortable in that because ultimately even though those narratives are painful those narratives are not a mystery you know how to live that story you live that story so perfectly because you're defined by that story and then when you come out of it you stop you stop defining yourself by it you're like wow I don't want to live that story anymore. But also the unknown of where I can go, that's very scary because it's like, I'm so not used to it. It's out of my comfort zone. What does it feel like to feel worthy and to feel lovable and to feel as though people want me around and things like that? It's it's a very weird space to be in. Yeah, it is. It's very kind of like, should I be here? But yes, I should. Like, it is very tricky. Yeah. When you think about like your the old narrative you were telling yourself, did you have like alongside my old narrative, I always had a dream and I feel like I'm becoming that dream. Who were you in the dream who you are reclaiming now? Oh, okay. Someone who was no longer feared to be seen. Someone who because I think my old narrative I was never seen I never felt seen and I wanted to feel seen I wanted to be and but then also there's a part of me that when you you dream that and you want that you experience it and then go oh there's parts of the dream that I don't actually like because it's built in this illusion and I think I wanted do you know what me redecorating my home is part of this okay not having a stable childhood and not having a stable home and, you know, having a mother who, you know, she had her own mental health issues and she couldn't get her life in order. She didn't have a strong foundation. So I lived that so inherently in childhood that how I live my home now is the home that I've always dreamed of. Like, and that's part of like stepping into this new way of being. It's like, but my home needs to resonate my new state of being, my as, lo- as well as my mind, my kind of surroundings and my circumstances also need to reflect that. So the dream for me ultimately 
obviously to get married and to be you know in a wonderful relationship yeah but we'll push that to the side Mm -hmm. but the most powerful thing about where I am now the dream was always to be in that to be in to feel loved by someone do you know what's better about it that you don't really realize at the start or in the middle there becomes a point where you go I don't need someone else to love me because Mm -hmm. I love me I love me I love my life so the dream ends up being it ends up falling short of what you actually end up living yeah that makes perfect sense to me because I feel like I used to think I had dreams that were so big so unattainable and now I'm like they're not even really anything like they're like so little compared to the big gene that's for me and then I'm like I don't even know what is for me so now I just want to receive but that's like the scariest thing to receive so I'm like oh but I love it I love the journey all the same but there's so much to learn along it and the biggest thing for me is like, I know nothing. Like every time I think I know something, I know nothing. And yes, even now, I don't know me. Like I want to know me, but I don't know me. And then I know a bit of me, but I don't know me at all. Yeah. The universe is so humbling in a sense because it wants to keep you on the middle ground. It doesn't want you to fall too much to the left, too much to the right. Anytime you fall so much to the left, you then get shown a lesson, which is, you know, to show you the right side, to just make sure you stay middle grounded. And it's just for me now, I was, what's the perfect word I'm going to use? I think at the start of this, you learn so much information to help you, but then you don't really live it. Yeah. It takes being an empty vessel to live it. And I think now it's kind of like, you're just so much in free flow. You're in free flow. I don't plan anything. I just go with the flow with everything. And yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. The the dream for me, this is so much better than the dream. Yeah. Present, being present. I never used to be able to be present. I don't know if you can relate to this, but like, I was always thinking ahead or stuck in the past yeah. and I couldn't appreciate the present times. And I used to go and do things. I remember when I first started traveling solo for years, I was doing it and I had great times, but only sort of in retrospect, like when I came back, I'm like, that was amazing. But when I was there, I was still not there. I was still thinking like, is this the right thing to do? Like, is it going to change my life after? I thought it'd be like a quick fix. Yeah. And only afterwards, I remembered I was still longing for something. And only by being present, I'm like, whoa. And I yeah. think it hits my nervous system. And sometimes it's so overwhelming. Yeah, you just, like, just, like, just surrender. Yeah, yeah, you just I'm surrender. Like, it's like, what does it mean to be here, to be present, to pick up on everything that everyone's doing, everyone's saying? But like you said, with the knowledge thing, me being like a bookworm as well, and you read loads of books too. I love learning and I love that kind of like taking in things and then trying to apply things to your life. That's also separate. But then sometimes I find I find something, it resonates, but only for the moment to get to the next step. And once I get to the next step, it kind of like shatters the rest. And yeah. maybe out of that whole journey, I probably take like 5% with me forward and the rest of it, I like don't even believe anymore. Yeah, because this is the thing, isn't it? Because that's what, 
because sometimes you sit there and think I know so much but it's not in my head (laughs) like I I expect this like bookcase of knowledge but really what I'm focused on present is all I need to know yes I don't need to have this encyclopedia keeping me up in the headspace and out of the body because I used to be like sometimes I can't think of things and I know I know so much and you know and that's where the ego gets involved and things like that and I think just learning to be like the things that come to the mind in the moment are the things that you exactly need to know and that's it that's all you need to think about but I was so obsessed with also I think when I was younger another narrative this comes up when I was younger um I remember finding it really hard to spell really really hard to spell and I remember I used to get so stressed as a child that I what I didn't feel smart enough. I wasn't as intelligent enough. So as I've got older, it was like just this soaking up of knowledge, just so I didn't have to feel that fear of feeling like I wasn't good enough because I wasn't smart enough. And this is genuinely from being six years old. And I think I think spelling the word question. I think I didn't know how to spell the word. And I held that wound because it was. I had a complete utter meltdown because I couldn't write this word. And how I've taken that into adulthood is like learn so much so you're never in that position again. And we take on these wounds that feed the narratives and you just learn to let go of it because ultimately it's not needed. I think my breakthrough point, sorry to move No, I think my breakthrough point was earlier this year. It was early this year. Yeah, early this year. I had such a breakthrough. What happened? It was like over the past year, it's been like healing, 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 healing. And I ended up in a dynamic where I felt my entire identity was I'm healing and healing my trauma. Don't get me wrong, it's very important. It's very important. But I had become the person who was healing their trauma. It's, it's all I could relate to because that was all that consumed my mind. And I remember sitting there hearing myself and I was thinking, why can't I talk about anything else? Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, I define myself so much by it. And what happened with that dynamic is that I felt this sense of rejection again, this mm-hmm. sense of rejection, this sense of abandonment, and it come up again for me. And I thought, I have been working so hard on this like what is going on and I literally I think I had a day where I like purged and I cried for about 48 hours it was really like really traumatic for such a simple situation but that simple situation was a big trigger and it was a trigger to wake me up to what I was doing yeah and I sat there and I thought okay I've been doing all this work to understand myself yeah so to understand why I do the things why I do the, my patterns my behaviors and things like that and I thought but I am internalizing that and re-internalizing that and living by that and that's ultimately living by the wounds of the past yeah. because that is a conclusion to everything that happened in the past and I was living by the, my conclusion of the past and I sat there and I was like well Everything that's happened in the past, if I've done everything to try to understand it, if I've done everything to really go in within, what am I doing wrong? And I thought, I'm living by it. 
And I have to, and I sat there and I thought about, okay, what's a past and what's a present? What's happening in the present? And I sat there and thought, well, I've built my own business, my own career. I'm in a stable home. I'm not in any toxic relationships. I'm not in any real toxic patterns. I've got more money than I used to have. And I sat there and I thought, but life is actually good right now. Yeah. Which brought this kind of shift. It was like a quantum shift. And I actually did a quantum shift shower while I was doing it as well, to be fair. Where You're going to have to tell me how to do that after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'd, it was like a real quantum shift. And I was like, am I ready to let it go now? Mm. Like, am I really ready to just surrender it and let it go? I've, I've seen it and I've forgiven it all. Now it's time to just surrender it. Surrender yeah. the past. I understand the past. I've, I've united with it. I've broke bread with it, so to speak. And there's no more to do with it now. There's nothing more to do with it other than let it go, surrender it, look, give it love and light and bring myself into the present. And I think from that moment, the intention is because the old stuff doesn't bring up the wounds in me. It's the patterns that I was creating by the same behaviours that were bringing up the wounds in me. And if I change those wounds and behaviours, then ultimately I'm creating new cycles and a new way of being, which ultimately leads new behaviours, leads new mindset, which leads new reality. And that's what happened earlier this year and ever since then it was like I had to get the locks I changed my wardrobe I changed and it was like everything is now me now mm-hmm. so I think how I viewed myself when I was younger like I used to think what would I be like when I'm 30 I'm her now but a better version of her she's not just she doesn't just look beautiful and she doesn't just feel beautiful but she actually feels good within. She mm-hmm. feels whole within. And that's where, that's the shift. But the quantum shift shower. Yeah. How you about that before we move on? Um, so what you do is you jump in the shower, you sh- close the shower curtain. And what you do is you're stepping, once you close that shower curtain, you're closing the shower curtain to the old reality. Okay. You're showering and you're intentionally washing away everything that no longer serves you. And you're thinking about the things that you want to or the intentions of what you want in this new quantum leap that you're going to do. You probably have like a five, ten minute just quiet time. And once you kind of open the shower, because everything's just done with intention. And the intention was as soon as my foot steps on that bath mat, the new reality is here. And that shower, that quiet time where you can't see anything but you standing in that kind of time machine, as I call it, is your time to just do a shift because your mind will shift. And it's kind of like where your mind can shift because there's a physical thing happening to get you used to this kind of jump that you're doing. So, yeah, that's all it is. So so good. I think I need to try that because I'm a bath. When it comes to cleansing, I do baths more so. Showers for me is like rejuvenating, but I've never even known about like a quantum shower or thought of it in that process. In the bath, I usually like when I go into cleanse things, I like cleanse, I put in either I put in some like agua de cananga water or like Florida water and I really bathe in there and with some like um, magnesium. Magnesium 
the best like and yeah. really bathe in it but then when I'm finished I take the plug out and let the water leave before I come out and like wash it all away and then I will get out and I always feel like fresh but I feel do you feel after you're like quantum shower then or a cleansing that you have to kind of like up your protection even more I feel very like like my nerves are all exposed like my energy is so much more sensitive like I'm cleansed and I'm back in my energy but now I have to really really protect it um I don't know if it's from old narratives of people pleasing I've always given myself away that moment where I'm completely whole my energy is called back to me I'm like let me hold on to this because it's gonna be not mine in like a second to be fair, I've been told I need to protect myself more because protecting me is something that I don't do enough of and I know I need to do more of it. So that's my kind of like claw, as I'll say. Um, but I think in a sense, like obviously when I go to sleep and I'll do my meditation and I'll just, you know, think of something that's going around me. But in terms of I can feel the mindset of where I am now, which can be very self-protective, but also that keeps me very isolated as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to really bridge the gap between self-protection and connection because self-protection can actually break you away from connection. And I realise where I actually do that a lot um, because there is this such a self-protective nature and narrative that is actually residing within me at the moment is you have to protect yourself. You have to, you know, there's this constant defensive that I'm really trying to break through. So where I've started to see, so for example, this is another example. I've got so many narratives. Bring me, bring me. <laughs> um, so with my hair, like I am a person who is super independent. This comes from being independent from a child and when it comes to my hair I can't braid my hair on myself I can't do it I do it I can do it on other people but I can't do it on myself my friend's been braiding my hair for me and doing my hair and I felt this fear of oh my god I have to rely on her to do my hair and I've had friendships break down and things like that and it's this old wound of I need you like I need you in my life like I know it sounds ridiculous it's just hair but it's what I said to her Instead of being in a state of fear, I moved to a sense of gratitude. And I said to her, do you know what? I said, I'm a person who doesn't like to rely on anyone because I don't want to feel like a burden to anyone. And I'm still healing that part of me that doesn't feel like I deserve help. I said, but I do. I'm truly grateful. I said, and sometimes I'll feel fear because what if we fall out and then I've got no one to do my hair and you know I just don't like that feeling she went do you know what me too she went I'm exactly the same so I understand and that's where it's like instead of feeling that fear and behaving from it and trying to be able to do it myself it's just move into connection and into openness which ultimately understands that I won't take the mick and ask for it to be done every week because it takes a long time. But then she understands how important and how grateful and appreciative I am of her to sit down with me and to just do my hair because that self-protection will go, try and do it yourself just so you can't rely on her because if you rely on her and then it all breaks down, you're going to be left on your own with no help. And I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to live as though I help people myself. So why don't I deserve the same help that I give to others? 
Yeah, I think that's a lot of the receiving because like um like I was gonna say, but you've already really like answered it about like noticing where the old wounds show up. And yeah. I think when it comes to like protecting myself, my wounds have changed. I used to think I was protecting myself, but I was just being defensive. And I did just think I have to do it myself because no one else is gonna do it for me. But I was like, I'm protecting myself, but really it was because from a child. I had to do things on my own. No one would do them for me. No one would really help me. I would always get shortchanged, even from like parents and things like that. So I just told myself I didn't need the help to save myself from being hurt if someone said like no, or was just like half-hearted me um, and things like that. And then now when I look at protecting myself, it's so I can really value the right relationships and exactly. be able to trust my intuition and so like it's scary also with me with friendships where I'm like I'm trusting you with something like really important to me I'm trusting you with this but I find that when I express it to them that also is protection because I'm letting them know like this is what makes me feel safe and I'm not going in it hiding my emotions I'm being vulnerable and I'm putting it down so that they know because I think a lot of the times when I did protect myself from people people saw me as like superwoman like this independent she's got it all together so they don't offer help because they're like she doesn't need it and I'm like I was kind of like feeding into that old narrative myself by pushing through and never saying I need help so it's such a tricky one how like we still have to protect ourselves but true protection is like yeah, because like thing it's like when it comes to dating now, like, I, I have always been so bad with boundaries. Mm-hmm. I've been terrible, especially when it comes to dating. Especially when it comes to dating, like I was so in my feminine when it comes to dating, where it's like you can come in, you can come in, you can come in, you can come in. Let me share my energy with you, 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 <laughs> and. Then I sat there and thought, not everyone is out here deserving my energy because I'm depleting myself for your gain. And and the thing is, the shift doesn't happen consciously. It's when the shift happens unconsciously. That's when the the powerful stuff happens. Because when it happens consciously, it's like, Part of you knows that you have to do this, but you don't really want to do it because you're too stuck in the old narrative. You're too stuck in the same old behaviours. But you start to really see the shift when your brain automatically goes, nah, blocked. No, we're not doing this. And it's not conscious. It's just it's automatic. No, no. I know my worth, no. Like when that happened to me earlier this year, I was like, wow, is that me? Is that how I'm going on now? It's like, like when, people so about, when people talk about the ick, it's that. It, it's an inner feeling of the ick and just life and situations. You're like, oh no, all of a sudden, this that I used to like, I don't like it no more. All of a sudden, no. <laughs> you know what it took me to fix, not to fix that, but to heal that? Was working on my masculine. Oh, really? Yeah. Working on my feminine didn't fix, didn't help that. It was because masculine is the boundaries. It is the structure. As soon as I started to work on my masculine, because I think it's very important because I know we're all about divine feminines and it's 
beautiful. But we also need to honor that in the masculine. And if you want me to get really deep and really esoteric in terms of, and it may be, you know, patriarchal society and whatever, but that's, there is something spiritual that goes on underneath. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a woman, when she's born, her father is a masculine God. Her father, her example of the father is the masculine God. She takes on that masculine God. So how good he is, is how good her masculine is. If her father is very, very powerful, her God might be very, very strong and might be harder to let down. But when it comes to dating and relationships, she will only energetically match with men who are on par with her father or better. So that automatic no, that comes from the shield of the father and what he gives her. Hence why in marriage, the handover from the father to the new husband, it's like I surrender my masculine as the father from protecting her and I now give her to you because you are her new protector, so to speak, on an esoteric spiritual level. Yeah. And me understanding that, I was like, okay, so my father wasn't that great of a masculine energy. So I've taken on that guard, which means it's not very good. I need to work on that. I need to work on my masculine because of what the lack of what he gives me. Because Jupiter is not only the husband, but he's also your spirituality. You want a better husband, you need to, as a woman, you need to work on yourself spiritually because there's that transfer that that happens. So I started to work on my masculine by going to the gym and adding more structure and things like that. And next thing you know, I was like blocking people left, right and centre. And I was like, don't want you, don't want you, don't want you. Because my masculine becomes stronger than theirs. Because some women, they, I may be in a really guarded masculine uh, energy. However, but my masculine guard wasn't healthy enough to go, the boundary is this, no, you're, I don't really feel like we are aligned. Whereas when it's not there, you're aligning with everyone. Yeah. There's no structure. There's no boundary. There's no masculine kind of solar protection around you. And I love that you said that because literally like this whole podcast, My Sacred Return, in every episode, there's something about the father-daughter connection because that's what really started my whole journey. It's my relationship with my father and watching it play out in so many different relationships how I approach the world and that covering that you have from your father it really does shape things and I was in masculine I've always been able to tap into feminine and masculine energy but it was like wounded feminine wounded masculine it always didn't serve me well in whatever aspects but then I realized that my masculine energy was it was like in competition with my dad. So yeah. everywhere I felt like he fell short, I was like overly, like, I have to be so organized. I have to achieve so much, so successful. But I felt like that would just put me in competition than the men. So then they would fall into like a feminine and then I was more masculine. And then amongst friends as women, I was like this, also this harsher, like energy of just cutthroat. This is what it yeah. is this is how we heal, this is what we got to do, I don't know why you're crying, I ain't got time to cry, (laughs) like, I was just so, like, and we just moved forward, and everything was like this, but then when I looked back, I just saw, I was like, I might not do exactly the same things as my dad, but I'm still in competition, and I need to be able to get into the the nicer side of the masculine energy, and the nicer side of the feminine energy, and that was the scariest thing for me, because 
the parts of my old narrative that came from outside sources because a lot of it was internal a lot of it was like I assumed I assumed I didn't speak up I saw something in the home and took it and like made it into something worse but the ones that came from people saying things as we have along the years they were always when I did try and soften and just be myself and it was always like oh why are you doing that that's a bit weird that's a bit strange and rather than being like no I'm gonna get comfortable in this because it feels good to me I went back into that yo-yo of okay what do they want what do they want what do they want and I realized that my old narrative like there's so many aspects but if I put it all together and like had to choose one phrase for it it would just be people pleasing like it's always been even with Instagram and this is why I just made a post and I made it like an episode about how my relationship with social media has to change because even though the things can be true to you and it's like I'm sharing things that's true to me I'll share words that are true to me pictures it's me like everything is me but on people's time I post a picture and the close friends of people like put it on your page I put it on my page like everything is like this and then people like you said how their labels people put you in this category so you're like okay well I'm showing up as this and then I find myself like I'm showing up on like a timetable I'm like working on myself and then working to show I've worked on myself but I've worked on myself and then I almost felt like I was proving myself but inside and personally in my own spiritual time praying meditating everything is like you don't have to prove yourself you are enough and I would be so happy like I'd be praying like I'm God I'm so happy to be enough I feel it now and then like as soon as I step out back into the real world I'm not enough again and I was like this isn't the point the point I feel to be free not to just be free in the house and then go back out so I noticed it was like showing up again and again and I feel like part of me being a perfectionist I don't know if you're great being a perfectionist it's like never wanting to say oh no this doesn't work anymore because it looks like you don't know what you're doing like you're always changing things and that for me was like oh I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing but then I had to remember, this has got nothing to do with anyone else. And again, it's me upholding this narrative, thinking yeah. I'm going to lose something. But I just found myself, like, why am I caring about losing something outside of me? So yeah. that's where it shows up when I find myself feeling familiar, but not at home. Because yeah. when I feel familiar with something, but not at home, it's like, ah, I've been here. I grew up in this. This is not my story. It's interesting what you say about, you know, being in competition with your dad and how these, like, father wounds show up. Because for me, it was I was always seeking approval. Yeah. Always seeking approval from my dad. It was always like, love me, love me, please love me, please love me, please love me. And how that translated in everything in terms of with men as well. Like, how you end up being in competition with the masculine because of your father. I was always seeking approval from the masculine because of my father. And was he present? Like, did he engage with you and just feel emotionally not? Or was he not physically present? He was emotionally just, he doesn't really know how to emotionally connect. He's very guarded. Mm-hmm. Um I think I'm not going to call him a narcissist because I think I don't want to put him into a label just because I don't understand him because that's ultimately what labels are. We can't understand. I can't understand why you're behaving. So I'm going to stick you with this label. Yeah. Um, with my dad, he's got his own trauma. 
he's just emotionally cut off he can only see things from his perspective and what would create that was I I would end up serving him in our dynamic I would people please for him to gain the approval for him because I didn't get that intimacy that connection with my dad normally it was very kind of distant it was even though he was physically and although I say he what he wasn't physically there in the house every day it was a very much like weekend dynamic or every couple of week dynamic but when we were together I loved my dad as a little girl I loved him but I just never understood why he was so distant from me so I think what that translated to as I'm older is I've got to be more than I actually am to get the approval of men outside of me to get there and once I started to inherently just embody my own masculine it was like I don't need that approval f that I'm over it and it was just like walking from this real centered grounded place of I am I am enough I am worthy I do not need the approval of any man to tell me as such. And I do not need to be loved up in a relationship with a man to tell me that. And that's where the narrative has shifted for me massively because relationships like so many other women have been a major force to my own healing because ultimately if we're going to do anything for anything it is for love but ultimately you go on this journey of healing for love outside yourself and you end up finding yourself that's the beauty of it that's exactly how it's been for me too even the way you just described your dad like mine is exact everything you said I'm like we're sisters like that's my dad <laughs> hi <laughs> I think I think mine came from competition because he was in the house for yeah yeah but it was emotionally distant and when I would learn or express my own kind of like individuality, he'd always tell me that I was wrong. And so I wanted to be like perfect. I wanted to be gifted. Yeah. I wanted to know everything to be right at a point. Yeah. And I noticed that when I was right and he couldn't be completely right, although he wouldn't like to admit it, if it was something public, like I won a trophy or something, he would take it and he would be so yeah. And so I have to show you how much better I am as this little girl, because then you're going to love me. Like it was such a weird. Yeah, no, that's exactly the same. I would only get the approval of my dad once other people told him how great I was. Yeah. That's crazy though, that it's the same thing. Like you used the word approval and I was like competition, but then it was like my competition was technically approval, seeking approval by trying to match energy, but I'm actually a woman, well, a girl to a woman. And also I think that my, it blocked me from a lot of relationships because I, as well as having that approval from him, when you have a father who has so many issues of their own, so many childhood wounds that they haven't addressed, they're still kind of in that child state. So when you come in as a child, they don't know how to treat you as a child. They only know how to receive from like a parent. So I found myself being in a parental role and that for my siblings as like the oldest and also for my father. So in the world, in relationships, whenever anything seemed like, or I would meet a man and he'd seem like so like got his things together and then I started to get to know him and he didn't actually have them together I went straight back into 
oh, I know this pattern. This is where I fix things. This is where I take care of things. So I'm in this kind of like masculine provider energy while you're expecting to be treated like this feminine, but they, they can't do that for me. You know, it's weird as well. It's like you're, you're, you've actually, the way you've just spoken, communicated, actually activated another kind of breakthrough for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because it's actually brought up a little memory that I have of my dad when he would go through anything quite traumatic or something he would only he, I would be his stabilizing point yeah I would be that stabilizer for him where I would he would show affection to me in that moment when he was going through stuff and he would be like I'm so glad I have you I love you you're this you're that but it was only when he was going through this traumatized time which has made me realise, like, the men that I attract, it would be like, oh, if you're traumatised or you've got something going on, it means then you will actually love me. It's just repeating off that same pattern. And wow, 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 wow. So I, th- I think because there's a core memory there, to be fair. Wow, thank you. Oh, yeah. This has been my journey. I think my whole journey has been very much like the father-daughter dynamic and then how it affects everything else. And I started to notice when I was looking at relationships outside of like friendships or things and why things breaking down, they would always come back to my relationship with my dad. And then when I got really sick in 2018, it was very like the psychosis, everything was my dad. So even situations with other people, I was literally physically seeing my dad. So at that time I was so like, he's done all of this, but it was, it was the perfect way for like the divine to deliver to me that that's where my wound was. But at the time I saw it very 3D. So I'm like, it's my dad. He told this person to be my friend and then this person to do this. And my mom was like, no and then as I've unpacked it and obviously then studying like my counseling qualifications having therapy all of this I'm like oh this is where it is this wound this father-daughter wound and that relationship with always thinking you have to fix things this is how you get the attention the approval being used by people also because that's the only way they know how to have the relationship with you as far as they're concerned that's what intimacy is being able to lean on someone or go to someone when they're going through things and they haven't got to that stage where they understand that the your child is not your crutch you're, you're yeah. supposed to have another adult for that and sometimes their own inability to communicate with people strain their relationship with other adults which is when when you're a child the love is really unconditional so it's like well this is always going to be my person they're always going to have my back but you then grow to sacrifice yourself in every relationship because you're used to that dynamic and it's like oh this is happening again but I got to a point where I started to feel kind of like disheartened by it but I did believe and that again another old narrative that it was always going to be like that for me I didn't think I thought I loved too much too purely and I was just this child that was like I had this gift of being able to carry so many burdens that it doesn't matter I'll always be like this and one day I'm gonna meet a man in the long 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 future and he is gonna like care about me enough to kind of like want to understand me yeah take the burden off but then by me 
taking it down and putting it down, that's when you really realize how heavy it is. When you take pieces up and you put them down, like even if it's just like, at first I'd be like, I'll put it down just to see. And I'd be like, I've got wings. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's really that, is really that heavy. And I felt so much guilt. Sometimes I still feel guilt about it as I learn different things because you do still think like I am that person for so many people without me, how will they survive? That was a big story that I told myself. Um, how are these people gonna survive without me and having friends who have like committed suicide along the way? I had this trigger of like, what if I don't be there for someone anymore and something really bad happens to them? I had the same thing. Yeah, I'd be on burnout or I'd literally be on fumes, on gas fumes. I needed to take attention to myself. Someone would reach out to me and the same thing would be reiterated in my mind was, what if I'm the last chance saloon to be heard? Because I know how much, I know how that feels. Yeah. And, and it would be because I know that space, it would be like I would extend more and more of myself where I just didn't have the space for it because and I then I would go but if I don't give because my thing is about being a good person the narrative the old the most damaging narrative that I've possibly had is be a good person you know I that for me is there's two for me that is one of mine and also do you know when you said earlier about like struggling to be able to spell and having that wound I was like that trigger feet for me that mine was the opposite so I was always like gifted child in the top sets gifted classes the one that can do everything I used to have to help other children who couldn't speak English teaching like I was always seen as like she can do it she can do it she's so smart pushed forward to these competitions and stuff and my friends were just doing their own thing my friends didn't really care about that so I'm like giving them cheat cheating for them I would get in so much trouble because I just wanted to be normal whatever normal was and I was always put in this category of like you're exceptional you're here and it was like this gifted child wound that didn't I don't even think that they should have those kind of classes for children like maybe a private tutoring but in a school when you've got friends and you're like hey go and do this you're separate or like lower class like I think it should all be one in the same because yeah, it's very, very damaging then it builds everyone will see me differently because I'm treated differently yeah it's that whole oh what if people are jealous what if people are this what if people and there's that really strong guard that comes down because I've experienced that strong guard but mine is I've always survived and thrived every situation that I've got been through and then people ultimately think oh what if she's superwoman or I think that people think what if she's superwoman and she can when really there's this really vulnerable part of me that just wants to be loved and approved and it's very weak and and it's not weak it's just very strong emotions it's just very very strong emotions very tender yeah like so I would be self-protective where if I help everyone get to the level where I'm at if I help everyone get thrive where they've you know where they've survived and things like that then I will be then intentionally protecting myself from being in competition because I hate competition I hate it oh. Thing. I run away from it because it makes me feel 
absolutely uncomfortable. It makes me feel so uncomfortable because I don't want to be compared to anyone. And I know ultimately deep down there is a very competitive part of me and I've had to calm that down. I've had to love it and give it compassion because ultimately I don't want to fight in the world. I don't want, I want to be tender. I want to be helpful, but also I have to calm the other part of me that's going be a good person. Don't be a bad person. Don't be. But also that is my projection onto my parents. So they weren't good people. So I don't want to be anything like them, which puts me in this big box where I can never make mistakes. I always have to serve others. I And I never serve myself. Yeah, that as well. That wound with your parents and not wanting to be them is like such a big trick because I spent so much of my life, like, I don't want to do this like what my mom did. I don't want to do this like my dad did for so long. And it's been accepting the parts of me that are like them that has allowed me to heal the most because I'm able to see, like, when you learn, especially with my dad and he was so, like, manipulative growing up and that's how he manoeuvred, protected himself from people being able to see his real emotions and had this persona. And me too, I see where that comes up and you are manipulating yourself when you're telling yourself these old narratives and these stories that aren't true. And yeah. then you're coming into communication with people and relationships and things. And even with like the competition aspect of things, I found myself like being, feeling competition, witnessing competition and so badly wanting to prove to people that there was no reason for them to have competition with me until I'd like, belittled myself and made myself so small but it didn't go away because it wasn't my wound that was theirs and I have to be able to discern at what point my wound stops and someone else's begins because my wound is then with the competition but those are experiences for me to be able to go in and say I am enough as I am stay in your body stay in your own experience if you've healed this wound then you're not going to go and people please you're going to stay where you are and if you lose them you lose them and if they stay they stay but I was like let me meet you where you're pulling away from and it just ruined it's it's weird how other people's wounds will trigger but a certain behaviors from because this is where I've understood okay who are the type of people that serve the best parts of me in a sense or who are the people who bring out the worst because I understand my own worst traits as well I did a hell of a lot of shadow work and it was very (laughs) scary but understanding that there are certain people who bring out the worst parts of me who bring out like you I'll be sitting in conversation thinking why did I just say that yes like that's that's not what I want to be about. That's not what I want to have triggered within me. But there's certain energies outside of you that will trigger these parts of you that ultimately you don't embrace every day. It's not it's not like an everyday emotion and everyday experience. When you sit there and you go, "Wow, that's that's really there. That's really in me." So it's like the competition thing. It's like when I feel that someone's in competition with me, it's like, okay, you didn't need to start this, but I'm going to show you. Ah, see, I, I'm totally trying to like pull away from it and trying to like, I don't actually actually like it because then I'm like, I want to be in connection. That's where I feel my happy place. But when I feel myself shift into that competition, I'm like, I feel this like it's fire. It's very fiery, but it's also very cutthroat. 
And yeah. but then ultimately, I know that I can put myself in a place where I don't want to hurt other people. I don't, and it's not like I'll do anything to hurt people, but I can be, I can use my intelligence enough. And I wonder if this is the Ashlesha, is that I'm understanding everything's uh, astrologically. The Ashlesha way is using your, your intelligence in such a way that you can seem very grounded, but you pull people in. It's, it's, it's this very, and it can be very manipulative. And I don't want to be that person because ultimately that's when I'm being in self-protection. And it's not because I'm a bad person. It's self-protection. It's just the negative thinking brain, the problem solving brain, but my roots and my ways can be very manipulative and that's understanding that and applying that to where it can be healthy yes is a trick that's it because I think every single thing there's like two sides to it and like manipulation it can be seen as like oh it's so evil it's so dark and awful and all of these things but it can work to your best abilities I don't know if you've just watched um the Marilyn Monroe's documentary I love her but like she she was Yes. Well, she is like she changed herself a lot and a lot of the women who are most timeless that they remembered even if they did one film and never did anything again they changed themselves and just to be able to just enough and not necessarily at their core or with immediate people but whether it was acting or an image that wasn't them to be able to get their life that they wanted and they didn't harm anyone in the process and I'm like oh so if you have this in their passion to help people and do the best things there are ways that ultimately like changing energy is manipulation manipulating energy for the best experience <laughs> And understanding you're playing with something so powerful, it's so easy for it to go to like the darker side or yeah. even darker, but just like a deeper depth to it because there's a darkness that could be good and then there's a darkness that can swallow. Yeah, because this is the thing, isn't it? This is what we call the illuminated one. When we use the devil card in tarot, it's being the illuminated one, it's being able to understand the dark side and use it and understand its power and things like that. But with Ashlesha, but in your channeling into that Ashlesha energy, I have to just look at your chart again, see yeah, if you've got because <laughs> you're really describing Ashlesha. Ashlesha is about the manipulation of energy, but it's so inherently spiritual because to be spiritual means to understand energy and how to manipulate it and change it. Makeup and wigs and hair and locks is Ashlesha because what it does is it cloaks the self. Anything that is a cloaking mechanism, like makeup, hair, even like the way we dress, we put on these things and we step into a different energy. It's a cloak that happens, which means our outer experiences and circumstances shift and change because we are stepping into that energy, hence the quantum leap shower. I need to get my chart checked by you again because yeah. that sounds very me. Like I, I was studied fashion like in college. Like I have gone through phases, and it's always so. When you said like your home for me, it's usually like clothing, appearance, or something, and it's a different energy. And even if I'm 
if I'm working on a creative project and it's very much like soft energy or I'm working with a lot of men, so I have to stay in like my feminine because I need to bring that spark. Even the way I dress is very more dressy, loose fit, not really like figure. It's a, it's a specific energy that people are like, oh, you look very like motherly or like hippie or something. And then if it's like business where it's like, I'm coming in and I have to be like sharp. It's like suits. It's like black. It's like bold colors. Like everything to me usually is like clothing or hair, hair. And with hair, I, I wear a lot of protective styles or if my natural hair is out, I wear a lot of headscarves because something like I already know in the history as well, like your hair is very like your head anyway, your crown is where energy, different energies can come in. You can't let everyone do your hair. It has to be people you trust because even that energy exchange with your head is a very sacred space. But for me, like covering it and the more spiritual I've got on my path and the more I've like allowed myself to be a channel, covering like myself, my head in certain environments, I'll keep my coat on. It's very much like a shield of protection for me. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting that you say that because it's like all of a sudden I've put the locks in and I'm like, I feel like this is right. Like the spiritually understanding that this is right because it's also under, it's with Ashlacia, the most beautiful thing about Ashlacia energy, it represents the Kundalini snake, but the snake sheds its skin and it's uh, it's the purest divine feminine energy because it's ruled by Mercury Mercury, what Mercury is, is about understanding the nervous system. And Mercury is one of the most spiritual planets. People don't realize it because our nervous system is our direct point to the divine. And when we use mercurial things like intelligence, intelligence is the biggest access to energy. Intelligence, the brain is the one. And then when you start to put things on your body, like it's because snakes feel the vibrations of things. When you change yourself with the makeup, your vibration shifts. So things like makeup, even though they go, when you strip it away, you may feel so vulnerable and so exposed. It's like, no, I can't. Because there's only certain people that you can be around and feel that safe and that exposed with. It's like being naked. It's the same thing. Being naked, you have to have such a level of trust because that Mercury nature is directly connected to the Swanastana center, which is where our intimacy and our wounds sit. And that in, it's, it's all that. It's like, and it's exposing the yoni. It's the same exact thing. So, when that's translated all over the body and that's when Marilyn Monroe really suffered because that part of her was violated as a young girl so she had to change herself to be protected yeah that's where it was and it's so mad to understand but Ashleisha gets a bad rap because it can most people when you describe when you see it in the books it's manipulative and evil and it's not it's not, and people need to understand that it's about dexterity, it's about intelligence, it's about energy, because they're also huge healers as well, because they feel the vibrations of other people. It's like, you know, when the memories get triggered, yeah. when someone, this is how I experience it, when memories get triggered because of what someone's saying to me, I know we've experienced the same thing, because yeah. you've accessed a part of me through the way that you spoke. So when I normally go into like 
you know, conversations with friends. I'll basically open up what I feel from my own experience helps them access them. Which yeah. Is where that, because I can feel the vibrations within me. It's so wild. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. That's where I notice in, and that helps me notice as well with like, that's one of the signs that helps me move forward out of old narratives. Because before I was very much like, anyone can be my friend. Anyone can be my friend. Anyone can talk to me. Yeah. And I love talking to people. I love, like, I, I'm the type of person, I'm smiling at strangers in the street. I'll talk to strangers in the street. I'm hugging strangers in the street. Like, I will talk to anyone. But I started to learn the people that I naturally have, like, connections with. When I feel something, like my intuition is very strong. I can feel like this is for this person or like this conversation I should have with Kim. This I should have with that person. And I'm when it's, I'm never really wrong. So when I'm met with kind of like a flow and then I'm like, yeah, this is nice. And that person's like, no, like an energy that like a guard comes up. I'm like, that's either triggered something in you that you're not ready to deal with, fine. Or you're putting up a front with me that is not really, you're not ready to be accessed that part of you. And I've noticed that sometimes there are people who mirror you in kind of like the blatant terms of like, yeah, we like the same things. We look like, we do these things, but they aren't connected with you on a spiritual path. And I'm trying to have more like spiritual connections and that openness, that fluidness of like, that triggered me or me knowing when something triggered me I'm like okay this is where we align but when there's those guards up I'm like we are not maybe in the future but we are not aligned because it wouldn't be a guard for me it's never it's not a guard it's like a a wound it's been healed I'm not putting up something against you if I want to be in community and it's helped me have a lot more relationships in fact because this is why I understand even in this conversation that we're having like there's no triggering there's not it's just like <sighs> it's just literally like surrender and flow and it's just like there is nothing like my stuff doesn't interfere with your stuff and your stuff doesn't interfere with my stuff and even if we both have stuff it's not interacting or we've healed the stuff that let's say we met 10 years ago there would be the triggering there yeah and understanding when you feel that flow to just be and to just settle into self, those are the connections you go towards. Yeah. Those are the ones that you flow towards. When you access that person helps you be in that higher self because you're not protecting yourself. That's how I feel when we have this conversation. Yeah, that's so, it. It feels wow. like guard down, you know, yeah. to just and it feels like a new narrative. It feels like this is where this shows that not only are we like making the new narrative and foreseeing a new narrative, but living the new narrative already because we're able to see it at the past and be able to say, this goes there and this goes there. And I think that is a thing for me. Like if I would say to anyone in terms of like how to notice, reflect of course and solitude, but you notice when you start putting things into compartments, start putting things into different like, that's attached to that experience and this wound is attached to this and I don't know where this one goes yet but I'm going to put it somewhere because it's not mine because it doesn't feel natural like this conversation feels natural when an emotion in me doesn't feel natural I know it's not mine and I used to try and make it fit even down to things of like 
you know, people will say everyone is your mirror. So everyone is like, if you feel triggered by someone's doing something, then you are still in that space. Sometimes it could just remind you of a space you've been in. You might not yeah. be there anymore, but there is that narrative of like, if they're angry, you're angry. If they're this, you're this, exactly the same. And I've learned to be like, sometimes I end at a point and this is where someone else's thing begins. So separating. And once you know your stuff, you're able to be able to communicate with other people in a better way where it doesn't get so like, oh, it's angry. And like you're yeah. meshing with them because you're able to say, no, that isn't me. Like check myself. Okay, that was probably my story 10 years ago. If they knew me 10 years ago, maybe that could be like, I did that. But today, that is 100% not me. And I know for sure I didn't bring that person to this relationship. So no, that's not me. And it's like understanding that to move forward and create a new story. And it's fun though. I think creating a new narrative is so fun because it takes you back to your inner child, like creative, like feminine energy. It takes me to... Life is a bit of a mystery and I'm excited to find out what's in store. Yeah. I, I think I'm, it's not that, like, I think, yeah, I desire this and I desire that, but I used to want to plan out my entire life. I don't want to plan it anymore. I want to yeah. receive life. That's, yeah. that's how I receive life. It's kind of like receive the gift of what the story is, What what's the story that I'm, now ready to live because I wasn't living before yeah in this surviving energy not receiving life fighting with life defending myself against life and it was up and it was like life was terrifying Mm -hmm. switching that narrative it's like oh life is just one big mystery to unfold right in in front of your eyes like a movie yeah that's why I like creating like now when I'm creating life it's very much it's not so much like curating an experience but I'm like okay what things make me feel happy like I'm waking up and I'm grateful and I'm saying thank you God for waking me up this morning and I've just decided that I'm gonna have a good day and once upon a time you would have told me that you can wake up and tell yourself the day you're gonna have and I'd be like yeah right see you later I'm getting a cigarette I'm getting some alcohol I'm going to school leave me alone like this was my life and then now to the point where it's like I am one of those people that people yeah. are like, you can't just like heal your depression. And I'm like, you want to bet? Like yeah, you exactly. can. And exactly. it's fun to kind of like try, but it's not an attachment to it. It's like, if I wake up this morning, I'm saying I'm going to have a good day and something happens. Like this this week, I remember like I was having a great day on Tuesday. I went to the gym. I was doing all of these things. And then my man passed away. But I had told myself I'm having a good day. So I was like, I'm something technically bad has happened but I'm having a good day and literally every day I'm like I'm having a good day I'm having a good day things will happen but I'm not attached to them whereas before every little thing had to make sense and I had to be like if five good things happen today and five bad things happen I have to be half sad and half happy but I'm like no I get to decide this is the thing this is one thing that I have struggled with is because I understand that life is just going to do life it's not that I've detached from my emotions I'm very much connected to my emotions and honor the emotions but when it comes to certain circumstances I don't react in the same stressful ways I'm just like let go and let flow yeah but to some people that can seem really heartless I get that people people think I'm like with me it's like 
oh, you don't know your feelings. Like you're not in touch with yourself or like, they're looking at me like, sure, you're dealing with that okay. And I'm like, I am. I'm I'm at peace, like with the path and I'm engulfed in the path so much that the things that happen externally to me, I understand they're external and I understand that my path will go on. And I also, impermanence has helped me so much. Every experience can change. Every bad day can turn into a good day. Every good day could turn into a bad day. So presence, appreciate the moment because everything goes in its own time. This is it, yeah. And I think with me, it was like, because of that people pleasing, that old narrative that used to come up in me, I used to be like, what if people see that I'm a bit weird because I don't react the same way as I used to, or I should be really super duper sad. And the things that are very big, I can handle. I can handle them, but it's the small and from survival mode as well. Yeah. It's, it's not the small, like the small things bother me more um, because I don't know what it is about the small things, but the small things I'll stress about, but the big things I'm like, this is the flow of life. And really kind of understanding that however I react, I react. And people don't need to react the same way as me. People don't have to understand why I react the same way as me, but I don't need to behave in a way that makes me seem normal because that's how you normally would handle it. And I think I'm done with that. However I handle it, however I access it, I can access it now, or maybe I might to access it later, or maybe that this is just allowing me to be in my own body, in my own state, in my own present time, rather than behaving to suit everyone else because I would even use my own emotion to make sure you didn't think I was a bad person because I didn't cry or like just dumb stuff so dumb like I'm I'm living for me now regardless of who's meant to be around if I lose people I lose people love and light I will communicate how I feel I will live from a state of me but it's like I won't even have things because I remember I used to feel so um, let's say I could feel a situation coming up that was I was feeling uncomfortable with because I thought, oh my God, they're going to behave like this. I would then lie to try and do damage control on the future. Yes. And now when these things come up, I'm just honest. I'm just open. I'm feeling this. I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. And the future scenarios ne- never actually happen but when I would lie to try and get out of a future situation I was fearing it just complicates life so much more yeah it does and that's why it's like I I keep saying this to like my sisters and I just keep saying this to people that I'm not trying to live a normal life I'm trying to live a natural life normal is all I've known Normal is what I've shifted from norm because everyone's norm is different and your norm is made out of the experiences of when you come into this world and who your parents are, who your family are, the school you go to, the people you interact with and your surroundings. That's where your normality comes from. It's very outside of yourself. Natural is what you know within a lot of people in this world. You'll see them and their story started somewhere so far removed from where they've got and everyone's like, how? they followed what was within, what was natural to them. And 
it doesn't have to make sense to anyone. It's just, even to yourself, in terms of sense and logic, it doesn't have to meet any of that. It just has to feel. And when you feel into yourself and go, I feel like you can never lose. Yeah. You can't, and this is the thing, it's, it's really wonderful that you said that, because I also, as isolated kids, I'm going to say, I'm going to use that phrase, I think people who are isolated children do rely more on their internal feelings they may handle the outside of themselves and people please but they do have this inner guidance system that they're very much connected to because they've had so much alone time and so much thought time when they were younger and I've found that the children that have lived in this state younger wise may not know how to handle relationship properly but they always know where they want to go yeah. they always know where they want to be they always know something ahead of themselves but there's just some tweaking that needs to happen on the journey do you know what I mean because that's all we've been doing is like the path has never changed the tweaking of the journey has changed the how I'm going to interact with the world has changed but the path and the journey hasn't that has just given me something thank you that just gave me something because I automatically saw it and I'm like Ah, that makes sense because yes, me too, growing up, knew where I was heading. It was very an individual. No matter what, I am going to make things happen. And I have everything that I've set out to so far, I've made it happen and I've been able to do it tunnel vision. But the fulfillment wasn't always there. And also you shift its life. So there are things that you leave behind. And I feel like now I'm in a space where I value, like I want the fulfillment more. And that's where the connections come in. And I remember watching a documentary with Beyonce and she was saying, someone said to her, maybe you've realized like you don't need anyone. And she's like, no, I do. That's not true. I do need people. And I'm like, that's where I am now. And when, when you've been that independent, like the you can achieve success and you can be like, you know, totally everyone can look at you and put a label of like narcissist and like you can totally be successful and totally be alone. Or you could be like fulfilled where you know it's when you need to open a door, when you need someone by your side, when you need a lift, when you need to be able to receive and that's the receiving support. And I think going into like the rest of my life, the narrative has changed so much because the things that I was afraid of, of like, people looking at me for needing a hand or all of these things I noticed one everyone I was afraid of judging me for that reason was was that was free was didn't care to ask for a favor didn't care to put their issues or whatever and say help me solve them and I never looked at them and thought crazy I thought that's what we're supposed to do and so I was trying to meet standards that I wasn't expecting anyone else to meet so I was only going to hurt myself. So I was like, do you know what? This new narrative that I have for myself projecting that into the future is I receive, I am grateful for receiving and I am enough. Even when I don't feel like I'm enough, I am enough. And if I have to manipulate myself to think positively, then I can do that because I've manipulated myself to think negatively about myself for so long that I know how to manipulate myself. So I'm going to do it for the betterment. And I feel like, it's really, really funny, to be fair, that we've got onto this because I feel like this week is to serve this. Where you've started is on a journey of the path, the goals, wherever, without nourishment. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing the path to receive the nourishment that I, the connections in your life can give you 
that the divine can give you and that all that also life can give you and I think that's what it is to being open to be nourished and that's the main narrative that has changed to, for me I don't have to do it in a malnourished state I can do it in a nourished state where I'm worthy enough to receive nourishment from outside of myself instead of just giving away my nourishment to others and then also not nourishing myself yeah and that's time to be full the oh, that, that is the perfect way to end this like just the way that you said that like I wish people could see the look in your eyes when you're saying that because yeah that's a beautiful place to be it's like the beginning I feel like every day is the beginning I no longer want the end like no. I want to keep starting and yeah keep like starting. I don't want to <laughs> listen if I got if I met the one tomorrow I'd be like no not yet I've got life to live I've got nourished life to live go away for six months because I actually enjoy being here for the first time in my life I'm happy to be here yeah I noticed like even before we end this is a quick like I don't know if you ever experienced this but I noticed that because I'm the type of person that smiles at people on the street, but there would be times if my emotions, if I was in my emotions, I wouldn't be smiling. And people would be like, smile, smile. No one has said that to me in such a long time. I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like your whole being changes. Your whole being changes. And I think, oh, it's just so nice to not be looking for a man and just be happy on my own. Like, it's such a beautiful place. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd love a man one day, but I'm not searching for it because I'm nourished here where I am. It's just, ah, there's nothing more that I could ever want for than that, that feeling. That is just the reason to be alive, finding that. And we've made it and now the journey continues and okay. it goes anywhere. Oh, thank you so much. We'll do it in a year's time and we'll, yes. you know, Cat from last from this time because this was wonderful. I really I love this. This made my whole week. Yay. Thank you so much, girl. Very welcome. And thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you for joining me for an episode of My Sacred Return, the podcast. I hope this space made you feel comfortable and that you'll return next week. If you feel called to, please subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend. You can keep up with me on Instagram at mysacredreturn and the rest of my social media links will be in the description box. See you next time, sacred souls.